Gosh. Like Captain Planet. <laughs> like so like Captain Planet. Oh, yeah, Tim. <laughs> Captain Planet. <laughs> Pizza <a> two. <laughs> <laughs> Profit. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Abyssals. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, whatever we preach, whatever text we go to, we all realize that the center of every single text ultimately has to get us to Jesus Christ, right. yeah, the absolutely. gospel message. So if, uh, if in any aspect of the service or Sunday school or the singing, whatever it's been, if we don't get to Jesus, we've not done our job, have we? Because we're Christian ministers. Right. <laughs> we're, we're the church of Jesus Christ. All right, thank you. Welcome to uh, our podcast here today. We've uh, renamed it Pastors of the Round Table, kind of like Knights of the Round Table. He's a King Arthur fan. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're all, you know, heroes at heart, aren't we? Um, so it's uh, good to be with you uh, sitting around the table here. We, we're looking forward to another conversation um, as we continue on our series about uh, worship. Um, Pastors of the Roundtable, this podcast, this conversation we have, we want to uh, encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith, and we want to connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. That's our goal um, with this podcast and with what we're doing here right now. Uh, Sitting around the table with me today, we don't have Pastor Scott with us. Um, He's out right now, but I do have uh, Matt Bates and Tim Icoangeli, and my name is Spencer Snow. Um, with us around the table here today to talk about worship again. Uh, last week we talked about what is worship, and in particular we're focusing upon public worship. And we last week we talked about trying to define what worship is and looked at the different aspects, the different areas of our life um, that it takes place. This week we want to uh, go a bit further in this series as we continue thinking about public worship, and by that we mean worship um, whenever the church gets together, on particularly on Sundays, the first day of the week. Um, we, and so we want to talk this week about not only what worship is, but now we want to think about how should we approach God. Is there a correct way, a correct method, a correct manner to worship God? And I, and I guess as we dive into this right away, guys, I mean, the first thing we need to ask is, does God care? Does it matter to God how we worship him? Does it matter to him? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, we see it in his word. God doesn't create, God doesn't make without thought, right? Without order, without reason. Mm-hmm. And so it, it goes the same with our worship. When he says worship me, when he says these things, uh, there's a there's a way to do it. You know, and we'll get into the nuances of that more as we continue on. But he does he does care. There is a wrong way, right? I mean, right. That's, mm-hmm. there's definitely a wrong way to worship mm-hmm. him, and so thus I think it needs attention. We need to give attention to it. Why Why does he care? I mean, because um, you know. We all realize that we don't want to be hypocrites, so we, we want to be we don't want to be one thing externally and another thing internally. So, as long as our hearts are sincere, isn't that all that matters? Or, but why should God care about how I'm worshiping Him? Well, I think you have to go back to uh, 
the fact that God is the creator of all things because um, it puts rightly into place our standing among him, which is below him. Uh, so he is the one who's holy. He's the one who is set apart and sacred. Uh, so if he's created all things, uh, he has the power to do and the freedom to do what he wills. And he has laid out a groundwork for how he wants to be worshipped. And we are sub subject to him and we are wanting to please him, then I think it would just be natural to worship how he wants to be worshiped. I think, I think heart in the matter is important. And we'll say that more, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I mean, even for us, if you had a, if you had a friend who was constantly had the right heart and bringing you something, let's say, you know, I got you this gift. And at first the gift is junk. You don't want the gift, but their heart was in the right place. You're gonna mm-hmm. be like, I, Thank you. They do it again, and they do it again. And eventually you're like, hey, I'm not really a fan of this. I know you keep giving this to me. I know your heart's in the right place. I don't really like like this. Next week, same thing, same thing, same thing. Eventually it's like, I don't think your heart's in the right place because I I told you I don't like this. You know, It's not doing anything for me now. Is this just for you? Yeah, or is it just for you, or why why is it happening? So a heart in the matter, I think, can take you so far. but you also have to do it the right way. <laughs> right, right. Um, should we? I mean, should we be concerned about how God wants to be worshipped? I guess one of the questions is sometimes, and I think uh, growing up for me at least, this was probably the case. I never really gave much thought to the question: um, What does God want out of my worship? Right. I mean, why don't we ask that question more often? Do you think? Well, I mean, I was raised in church, so it just became normal, like how we do things. And I guess maybe I even just assumed like this must be the right way or it's okay. And wasn't really brought to my attention to even think about it till later, till later in life. Um, so I think that's part of the reason for it. Uh, I think it's also really foreign to us to think about worshiping something or a person, Mm. uh, especially where we are now. In America, we don't have kings and queens and things like that, and so we worship our celebrities and in those different things. But uh, I don't know; it's not normal for us to be told how to worship somebody mm. well. So it's odd for us to even think about it. I say, as humans, it's really easy for us to think about ourselves and only ourselves. Mm-hmm. So why would we even look out? Look outside of the way that we're already doing something. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, is there, is there a danger to where, um, so God wants to be, wor- God want, does care about how he's worshiped. And I don't think it's simply, there is this, there is the sense in which he does it for his own glory, but what does it do to us if we worship him wrongly? Like, yeah. Why, how is it, why is it important for us? Yeah. How is it shaping us mm-hmm. if we do this in the wrong way? Yeah, the best example I can think of as you say that that comes to my head is where we've kind of gone astray in Christian music. A lot of Christian music is we've turned the from worshiping God and Him being our focus to it's actually me focused, right? And 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 God will do stuff for me now, almost, right? You know, and and we can see that in our in our lyrics with uh, with a lot of songs, and so that's. 
I think that happens because of a false way of worshiping, of worshiping wrong. Slowly, right? And yeah. very, very slowly and methodically it it goes to that goes to that way instead of staying focused on God and how we should. And so that's the danger. Right. Right. There there's the danger is all of a sudden we actually get away from worshiping God to worshiping self without realizing it. Right. It's still yep. clouded in some God stuff. And, right. you know, well, I said it's God who saved me, but, yeah, the song was all about you. The whole time was about you. <laughs> right, you know? right. Um, that's just one example, I guess, as we hear that in our in our music. Um, but I think it even affects us personally as we come into worship in public, public worship of what am I going to get from this, right? It becomes very me-centric ourselves yeah. instead of, how can I bless the Lord? How can I bless those around me? It, mm-hmm. it just and that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Deal. yeah. It, how we worship God is going to make us people. There's a there's a book with the title. Um, Matt, help me with this. It's you we you become what you worship. Oh, we, yeah, yeah, we are what we, we worship. are what we worship. Yeah. And uh, I think it's from Psalm one fifteen, maybe or one thirty five, somewhere there. He says basically, the people who worship the idols become like those idols. Mm-hmm. And so when we worship the true God, we need to worship him in his way because he's making us back into his image, mm-hmm. isn't he? He's restoring that. So how we worship God is going to reflect what we think about God. I mean, vice versa, those are, those are together and it's going to change us, mm-hmm. um, with our own spiritual lives, but also it's going to give him the proper glory, um, that he deserves. So if we're asking the question, how does God want us to worship him? Where in the world can we find that answer to that question? Where could we go to get the answer? Uh, we got to go to the Bible. I mean, we have to go to the word that he has given us, how he's revealed himself. We we need to look in it and see, okay, if he wants us to worship him, then how? And it lays it out for us. Right. So then how did the scriptures answer that question? Well, I think we... That's a that's a long question, long answer, I guess. I think that it's question. kind of baked into his law that he's given to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the first and second commandments. Right. So what's the first commandment about? Well, it's about God. It's about... <laughs> no, I mean I mean that. Yeah. 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 Honestly, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yes. Yeah. Sunday school answer. But it's it's not centered on us. Right. right. It's right. centered on, on God. And again, that's where even in the first commandment, we already shift our focus yeah, and our right. minds so often. Right. Make it about me, mm. but it's not. It's about you shall him. have no other gods yeah. before me. Mm-hmm. So I'm the only one. I am God. And right. the second commandment is you shall not make for yourself a carved image. Mm-hmm. So there he's not telling us who we should worship, but how we worship him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in his law that he's given to us in the Ten Commandments, he's told us right away, it's not only important that you worship the true God, but that you worship the true God in the right, correct way, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And we see what happens um, later on in that second commandment, right, where what happens to those people who worship God the wrong way? Well, he says um, he will uh, punish the children of those who hate him. He says to the third and the fourth generation, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. There's a sense in which if we worship God the wrong way, the way that he hasn't told us, it's, it, 
it can have long-lasting effects to the third and the fourth generation, right? Mm -hmm. Or it can have great benefits to those who come after us if we're showing God and worshiping Him, Him the right way. Yeah. What about um, Matt? I think last episode you talked about. Uh, Nadab. Nadab and Abihu? In Leviticus 10. I don't know if that's how you even say it. (laughs) I don't know. I say Abihu. Abihu, I I don't know. It's a dead language, ancient Mm. Hebrew, so don't worry. (laughs) You can't can't mess it up. Um, Tell us what that story is about. So basically what you have is you have um, two of the sons of Aaron who are Levites, who the Levites in the Old Testament were the ones that, uh, can I say the word facilitated worship? You just did. Does that work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, facilitated, they facilitated the sacrificial um, system. And what, they, what happens here is um, after, in a time that God has not told them to worship, what they do is they, they get the, the censer or the, what, where they do the offering and they put fire in it and they laid incense in it and then they... Scripture says they offered unauthorized fire or some translations will say strange fire before the Lord. And what happens from that is um, the fire comes down and consumes them. So basically the Lord kills them mm-hmm. um, for what they did. And I, uh, so the message here is um, that the offense is actually in their doing the worship their own way and not how God wanted them to do it. Yeah, exactly. It was that God didn't command them to do it that way. Right. And so the principle seems to be God tells us how he wants to be worshiped and we don't add to that, right? right. Yeah. We don't make up new ceremonies or new flashy ways to worship God. He tells us how he wants to be worshiped and that's for our own good. Right. Well, Deuteronomy twelve thirty two says, everything that I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to it or take from it. Right. I mean, the same basic principle, right? Yeah. Don't add to this. Don't take from it. What's the danger if we add to God's worship? Uh well, again, it's not something that God told us to do. And right. so if he, if we believe he's all knowing, Right, if we believe all this stuff, I don't know why we would then add to it. You know, God, mm. God said to do this, but I think if I do this, it'd make it even a little better. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's foolish. Right. Um, if we were to add to it, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't we be saying that we are speaking on behalf of God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's incomplete. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. It's an incomplete style of worship. Uh, yeah. I. There's there's grave danger. I mean, then it, and then it leads. Right, because then it leads if it's not something that God given us, and we're going to start adding to it. Maybe it might not be something harmful at first, right? Oh, it's just this little thing. But where does that lead? Where does that go? Mm-hmm. What's behind it of why we're doing it? I think we can see this in uh, the Catholic Church, mm. the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah, sure, sure. Where are now all of a sudden their tradition has to also become their doctrine. Yeah, where yeah. they have to hold to it in right. order for it to sustain itself. Yeah, and so. You're seeing all these things that they're doing right, that's adding adding to Scripture. Right. So we, we don't just make up new ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, we're talking specifically about public worship, church worship, right? So whenever mm-hmm. the church is gathered, we don't just – we've got – so for instance, right, we've got baptism in the Lord's Supper. We don't add a third 
a third ordinance, right? right. We, don't, we don't get to make that up. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't get to mm-hmm. choose nope. what to do with that. God's yeah. told us, no, these are the ones, this is where I've given this to you. Mm-hmm. So don't add to it. Don't take from it because is, is our heart prone to idolatry? Yeah. yeah. And, and we see what happened with Israel, right? Whenever they, they, they were stumbling into idolatry, they went eventually and worshiped all the other gods the way that the nations worship yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're prone to. And I think, uh, do you think we think about that very often that we're actually prone to make idols? I think we talk about it. Um, you know, I guess one of the ways you hear it stated now is you are going to worship. It's just what are you worshiping? Right? You, yeah, that yeah, we've said, heard that. Yeah. You know, um, and so I think it's in people's minds where we can easily start worshiping our favorite sports team or mm-hmm. an actor or musician or something like that, and it gets it becomes easy to do. And I think when we think about it as an individual of how prone we are to wander, right? Mm. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Mm-hmm. That we do feel it. If if we examine ourselves regularly, if we don't examine ourselves, we slip into it and right. don't realize it, and that can lead us into even some more dangerous area. But yeah. I know, you know, for myself, I can I can feel that pull. Uh, it might be um, worshiping time, and so you feel this pull of time, like my time is slipping away and I need to do this. I need to get this done. I know that the Lord says I should take my time to do this, but I, I need more time to get this done and it'll be okay if I do this later. Right. And we, we start figuring, trying to figure all these things out for ourselves and, and what it is, we're slowly slipping into this other form of worship of, of something else mm. other, other than God, where that takes precedence mm. over everything else. Um, or especially the things of the Lord, you know, mm. you, you see it, sadly, you see it in churches, you know, well, churches' numbers are down today. Why is that? Well, it's nice outside, right? I mean, like, that's an honest conversation yeah, that pastors yeah, and church yeah, leaders yeah, have. Right. Well, our numbers down, uh, it snowed, you know, or it, it was rainy, so our numbers right. were down. And it's true, and, and what does that come? Well, man, it's nice outside. We're going to get outside. We're going to take advantage of this. And I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to say, you know, Sunday morning worship is the end all be all. That's not my point in this. If you miss, I'm not condemning you. But you can see where you can start slipping into yeah. idolatry of these. Right. We're going to spend time with family today. Mm-hmm. Sounds very holy, doesn't right. it? Right. Sounds very right. good. But how easy it is to slip into worshiping our kids or whatever. And and if we worship God and the start worshiping God in the wrong way, if we're not careful, we may end up worshiping a completely different God. Like, cause sometimes we'll sure. intentionally think, well, I'm going to worship the true God, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it in this special way or, or this other way. Um, but if you're, if you're not careful, you'll end up just making, if because of how you're doing it, you'll end up worshiping a completely different yeah. person. Yeah. Completely. Well, you'll thing. end up in, you know, paganism, really. Right, where, right. To where you're making up sure. your, your own gods. Right. You know, your sun god and your rain god and your harvest god. And right, right. You get a god and you get a god. You get- <laughs> this god's for you. Um, so, I mean, so how we worship God is important. So we would say the scriptures teach us, and Jesus also eventually in Matthew or in Mark 7, 7 says, in vain do they worship me, teaching his doctrines, the commandments of men. So when we gather together as a church, 
we need to be staying strictly rooted with the scriptures, yeah. right? God reveals himself. He speaks through scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't believe that God is um, speaking to us through all these different ways. He tells us yeah. where the book is, mm-hmm. whenever it's read, when it's preached faithfully, the spirit takes that and applies it to people's yeah. hearts. So what does that mean about the scriptures and what role should Scripture play in our worship as far as when we get together? It has to be central yeah. um, to to everything. So it needs to be driven from Scripture. So when you're asking the question, you know, we want to do this in our service. Well, it's good if you want to do it. What does Scripture say right. to that? You know, does it speak to it? Does it right. say definitely a no? Does it not speak to it? Does it seem to be quiet? You know, is mm-hmm. there maybe a way we could talk about doing this? Yeah. Um I think we have to answer, be able to answer those questions to the to all the different things that we do in a in a worship service, um, like, you know, like offerings or having someone come speak or solos mm-hmm. or singing or all these different things. Like, w- what's the purpose behind it? Why are we doing it? Is there a scriptural mm-hmm. reason for it? You know, um, we have to be asking those questions, especially especially as church leaders, as ones who the Bible says will be will be judged on how you lead your people, yeah, and right. so. For being a being the pastor, it's important for me to know that we are leading our people who've come in under our leadership, right, under mm-hmm. our authority, that when they come into this church building on Sunday, that we are not forcing them to be a part of or to do anything that is contrary to Scripture, right. to where they would leave and say, you know, a real worship service is only if this is happening or this is happening. It yeah. needs to be scripturally based, right? We don't want them to 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 see worship any other way than what Scripture has yeah. given for it, because that's the true best way to worship yeah. God. So we only do things in public worship that God commands us to. Mm-hmm. It's not simply enough for it to be not forbidden by Scripture. So there's there's a lot of things in Scripture that are not forbidden that are okay things to do outside of church, right? Like going on a motorcycle ride on a Saturday afternoon or on a Sunday afternoon. That's fine, but that's not what we do in Scripture or, or in church, right? We do only what God commands us to do. And then also... Our church services should be full of scripture, right? Mm-hmm. So like when we get together, it's not simply that scripture governs what we do, yeah. but everything we do better be scripture saturated, right? The yeah. singing and the preaching yeah. and the reading yeah. and the yeah, everything. Is, I mean, yeah. that was really the hinge point of the Reformation. Yeah. Was making scripture center in, in all things. I mean, even specifically worship and what you do during worship. Yeah. And I think this needs to be said. Um, some people will say, but this is what Scripture says to me. Mm. This is what Scripture says to you. I've learned in preaching to try not to ever say that anymore. I try <laughs> to never say that. It's like, this is what I believe this passage says. Mm. Um, we, we need to know what the passage says. What does Scripture say? Not, not what does Grandma think it says and what it told her, and so now we're going to go with that, but what you say, no, that's, that's not it. We need to be well-trained, well-studied, Right, thoroughly read up of right. what is this saying to the best of our abilities. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have right. different denominations. We have brothers and sisters in the Lord that we would say are good, faithful brothers and sisters in the Lord, right. who we have disagreements with right. on some scriptural interpretation. Sure, but for the ninety-nine percent, but a big chunk of script, <laughs> you know, we would agree wholeheartedly right. with these people that we call uh, brothers and sisters, and and so we 
We need to be true to that. And I just want to bring that point out because I hear a lot of pastors, a lot of churches say, we stand on God's word. We are very scriptural. But then when you watch their service or you're part of that service, that's not true. And you can tell, well, maybe the pastor read a verse, but then he went off and talked about all kinds of things. Right. Right. Was out of context, didn't stick to what the passage was talking about. He used it as a platform to speak his own thoughts or Mm -hmm. his own mind or you know, the music wasn't very Christ-centered. Right. Or any, I mean, so when we say scriptural, we say, we're say we meaning what Spencer was saying, like yeah. from beginning to end, mm-hmm. saturated, centered on our focus, because that's what draws us closest to the Lord. Yeah. So one author um, has said that when, we're, when we follow what God has told us to do, and we'll, we'll specifically list those, the things that God commands us and authorizes us to do a New Testament worship. He says that we will be reading the Bible, preaching the Bible, praying the Bible, singing the Bible, mm-hmm. and seeing the Bible yep. through baptism and the Lord's Supper is what he's talking about, seeing through the water and through the, the cup yeah. and the bread. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? Is that true? Is that a helpful thing? And what do you think? Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like the seeing part too. I don't think we think of it that way too often, but yeah. when we're seeing a baptism take place, we are seeing God's word, right, come alive and, yeah. and see, you know, of all the symbolism and what it all represents, dying to themselves, raised in Christ, a mm-hmm. new yeah. a new life. This has happened in their life. They're now a part of the family of God. They're part of God's story. Like, we're, we're seeing that play out. Yeah. Um, and that's just an awesome thing. And same with the Lord's Supper, like visually seeing, you know, yeah, the body, body of Christ yeah. was broken, hmm. again, in symbols for mm-hmm. us. Right. In the cup, mm-hmm. representing that blood, and mm-hmm. and seeing us do it together—that's why it's so important. That's why we believe you you do it together, right? We don't even during our quarantine right now. We're not going to people's houses and bringing the Lord's Supper and observing right. Lord's Supper. There's a reason for that. We need to do it together, yeah, right? Like, when we gather together, and it's so we can see each other doing mm-hmm. this together. Um, I like that that aspect of what he's saying probably the most of mm-hmm. seeing seeing those things mm. and those elements. So the whole service is just. Bible, yes, scripture, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so singing, let the word of Christ dwell in you, the word about Christ, mm-hmm. the word of the gospel, yeah. um, scripture dwell in you yeah. richly. That's what we're doing when we're singing. When we, when Pastor Tim preaches to us, yeah. we're hearing God's word coming from him through the pages of yeah. scripture. When we, when we publicly read scripture, I mean, all of these things, what we're doing is we're having... Uh, we're having a meeting with God. Yeah. He's yeah. the king. Yes. Like you, the king is here speaking to us, yes. and we're responding back. Yes, um, yeah. and and we're being enveloped mm-hmm. in Scripture all around. So right. we've talked about this pretty specifically with singing and with music in the last episodes of how we believe that this comes out. We just talked about it with baptism and the Lord's Supper. Obviously, when we read Scripture, it's Scripture. Scripture says, "Yeah, it's it's God I, talking I to hope. us." <laughs> yeah, I hope. Uh, one area that we haven't talked about it, though, is in preaching, and maybe we can all talk about this a little bit, but this plays out in how I preach. There's a reason I try to preach the way I preach, because I believe what we're saying now to be true, right. that it needs to be scripture-saturated, true to God's word. So that affects the form of my preaching or the or the style of my preaching. Mm-hmm. Pastor Matt hasn't had a lot of opportunity to preach, but Pastor Spencer has. It might be good for us to talk about that a little bit. I mean, I know how that impacts me and I can talk about that, but maybe you might want to say how it 
comes out in your preaching mm-hmm. as well. I know I'm just springing this on mm-hmm. you, so you haven't yeah. had a chance to think about it. I think, um, well, like... Uh, or even your teaching, preaching. Right. Teaching. No, I think one of the things is, is um, well, first of all, whatever we preach, whatever text we go to, we all realize that the center of every single text ultimately has to get us to Jesus Christ. Right, yeah. The absolutely. gospel message. So if... Uh, if in any aspect of the service or Sunday school or the singing, whatever it's been, if we don't get to Jesus, we've not done our job, mm-hmm. have we? Because we're Christian ministers. Right. <laughs> we're, we're the church of Jesus Christ. Um, so I think that's one. Thing. I think, uh, um, Pastor Tim, you've, you've preached through series of books. Why do you do that? Like whenever you go maybe sequentially through a book, verse by verse, why do you do that? Is it because of this? Yeah, this is one of the reasons. I mean, so you can't dodge stuff. Right. So I can't pick and choose. I mean, you could have a 20-year ministry, 30-year ministry of hearing your pastor's favorite passages over and over again in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. um, and that's not helpful. I mean, there might be some good messages in there, but yeah, um, we need to have the, the whole counsel of God, and so making sure that we're... But not just passages, but like actively saying, okay, we did a, a an epistle of Paul's, we need to get into a gospel book, you know, one of the one of the gospels. We need some Old Testament. We need some prophets. Mm-hmm. Like really trying to balance it all out yeah. well so that we're seeing the whole thing and not trying to dodge anything. That also helps people get a good biblical theology mm-hmm. right, to yeah. see how the how the book fits together. It's actually a bunch of books right. in one book. Right. And so how do all these books fit together mm-hmm. is a, a part of that too, yeah. of why we You see Christ in each mm-hmm. in each one. Yeah. But I mean I know for me, when it comes to like form, this this is this is the reason to uh, when we're, we're talking about elements of worship and like things we have in our service. You know, I'm not a big fan of having missionaries come and on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. giving us updates, and that's like the preaching time because mm-hmm. that time is not for updates. Mm-hmm. It's not for me to hear about their life right. or to hear about their ministry and what they are doing. We need to be hearing about God's word, and so I feel the same when I get up there. It's not my time to let everybody know about my life. Mm-hmm. It's not my time to tell jokes. It's right. not my time to tell stories, right? Uh, it's my time to get up there and do what God's called me to do, to preach his word. And so we're mm. going yep. to read his word. I'm going to study and prepare to know what this passage is, where it fits within yep. the book it's in, mm-hmm. where it fits within all of scripture, to try to be well-studied, to present that in a way that people can hear and understand. And so even the stories that I might tell, those don't need to be central, Mm -hmm. right? Those are just to maybe help push the point of what the passage really, really means. And so there's times there's things I want to say, like some story I want to share, but now's not the time, right? This isn't the place for it. And so Mm -hmm. I don't want people leaving remembering well, Pastor Tim said, you know, he went out with his wife and had this, and that's all they remember. Right. Well, then that illustration maybe was a was a bad one. Yeah. But if it helps them then to understand the point then of the passage, right. good, so be it. But yeah. I don't even want my preaching to be saturated with this. Yeah. I want it to be saturated with God's word, yeah. right? And, and what you're saying is, is as well, I, I, I'm going to put words in your mouth, but I think what you're saying is, is really whenever whenever any of us are preaching, it's really not our time. It's God's time. Yes. And so whenever we give, if we give the preaching block, 
to any other purpose other than scripture. It's, this is not our time. This is God's time to speak Mm -hmm. to his people and and you're the tool that he's using to speak to us. So to go even deeper, you know, we'll have ministry leaders. Will you give us just five minutes on stage to let everybody know about this? Mm. That's a struggle for me because we don't have much time in worship as it is. And announcements is part of life. I know maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. We try our best to minimize them as much as possible. To be honest, I would rather not say them at all from the pulpit ever because there's other things that we need to be doing. We only gather for an hour to an hour and a half you know, on this Sunday morning, and then we, we gather again Sunday night. Yeah. And so we have a lot to do. Right. Prayer time, uh, singing, mm-hmm. uh, preaching. These things take time, and we need to try to do them well. And so it's like, it's not that I don't care about your ministry. It's not that I think the event you're doing isn't important. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying God's giving us this time to do some more important things. Yeah. And so maybe we should think of other ways to get the word out about this ministry or mm. whatever it might be. I'm not up there talking about my events or this stuff. I, I'm trying not to anyways, because mm-hmm. um, this is about God. This isn't right. about MNBC. Right. This is our time to worship God. Right. We've drawn near to hear him speak to us right. and to yeah. be in, he's present. And so um, that's what we're doing. So, I mean, so we're, we're reading the Bible, preaching the Bible, praying, According to scripture, praying yeah. for things according to God's will. So what does that mean? I think we need to just explain yeah, this so it. people know. Yeah. Right? I, this To me, this is where the Trinity comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, when we pray, we're praying to the Father, not praying to the Holy Spirit. I'm not praying to Jesus. I'm praying to the Father through Jesus, my mediator, yep. who allows me to enter the Holy of Holies. Because mm-hmm. when, when Christ died on the cross, the veil was torn from top to bottom that mm-hmm. separated man from God, where God would dwell mm-hmm. in, the, in the temple. And so Christ now is my mediator. We could go into that. He's our <laughs> high priest, like all that. All right, high yeah. priest, but all that sacrifice. Okay? And so when I pray, the only reason I can pray is through Christ Mm-hmm. to the Father, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit living inside of me enables me to pray. Yeah. And, and that's where in Scripture mm-hmm. it's really important how it speaks. The Holy Spirit even prays for us the things that mm-hmm. we need that we don't even know yeah. Yeah. to the Father. And so the Trinity is is very important in our, in our prayers. Mm-hmm. And we end our prayers with something along the lines of, in Jesus' name I pray, according to... Right. To, mm-hmm. to Christ's will, right. or however you say that, but it's when we're praying here, everything we're saying, we want it to be according to your will. So even if I'm praying for aunt so-and-so to get better, or right. we're praying for this church member and these things, God, we want your will to be done above anything else. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah. we pray for blessing. Yes, we're praying for these things and we, we want these things, but above that, right. we want your will yeah. to be done. We want you to be glorified and you to be honored. Yeah. Right. Again, making it him centric, yeah, mm-hmm. not us centric. Right. We yeah. and we pray according to the rules of Scripture and what God tells us He wants us to pray for, not what. Right. Not well, just, we actually, I mean, we use Scripture to pray, right, to be the springboard to pray yeah. from. Yeah. And that's something that we've recently started on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Um. During yeah. The prayer meetings was you know taking a psalm, you know, talking about the psalm, explaining the psalm, and then actually going through each each of the phrases in the psalm and just praying, praying through it. 
right. you know, whatever comes to your mind as you read that. And, mm-hmm. and like that's, mm-hmm. that's literally, as you said, praying the word. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we're to pray, hear, pray, sing, uh, baptize, partake of the Lord's Supper, hear. Um, so in particular, what we're talking about here, the things that God tells us to do in worship Right, and we're told, don't add to these things, don't take away from them. Prayer, we do that, we publicly pray. Reading of the Scripture, Paul told Timothy, right, until mm-hmm. I come, devote yourself to the yeah. public reading of Scripture. Preaching the Scripture, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, baptism, the Lord's Supper. We could perhaps throw in giving. We're told in 1 Corinthians 16 yeah. to lay aside our tithes or our, or our offerings, I should say, yeah. Um on the first day of, yep. of every week. So we're authorized by God to do those things. Um, so let's think about these things. So these are what we would call elements of worship, right? So preaching is, we'll call an element. It's a thing in and of itself that God yeah. tells us to do. But we also, sometimes we'll talk about forms and circumstances, Um can we kind of talk about what those words mean? What is an element? What's a form? What's a circumstance of worship? Well, we already went over the elements. Yeah. So, so let's do forms. Okay. Uh, so one form in my ballpark would be like the order of service. Like, mm-hmm. does it matter? Ultimately, does it matter which way you organize songs to sing on a Sunday morning? Not necessarily. No. That makes it a form. Right. Yeah. Or even like we sing and then preach. Right. 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 I don't know where it says you have to do that. You could right. come in and preach and then sing. Yeah. Sure. I mean, right. sure. It'd be weird for everybody here, but that's just because <laughs> that's how we've always no, done no, it. No, when yeah. we say that, so when we say we've got, we do have liberty there, mm-hmm. do we just throw out the Bible completely when we talk about forms or do we still take in general principles no, of God's no. word? Uh, I mean, even like biblical themes. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, we should structure it the same way. I'd, uh, even thinking about the gospel, yeah, I mean, you have God, uh, God, man, sin, redemption, mm-hmm. eternity, right? If you if you want to say it like that, simply, uh, you, I mean, you could use that to order your service. Uh, you know, using just just themes and orders that are already present in in the Bible. God's mm-hmm. given us intellect. Let's use it. Right. Let's be. Let's let's organize. Chaos into order, if I can say right, that. right. So, so some, so these forms can uh, elements of worship. So they can take various forms. Right. They don't always have to look the. I mean, um, as we'll get to eventually. So, like whether or not we use instruments in worship, you right. can be a church and not use any instruments in your right. worship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or you can be a church. And by and worship, full, by worship, I know, mean sing, the singing yeah, portion and have of a worship. full symphonic orchestra, right? Or yeah. you could do that. Um, that's what we would call a form, right? Correct. Whether it's instrumental yeah. or not, in and yeah. of itself is. Now there could be other. We need to take um, heed to all of the scriptural principles and warnings right. and common yes. sense and wisdom um, and what we have. But at the same time, uh, we do have some freedom. And then circumstances would be like. Like, you know, I guess whether or not... Well, before we go to circumstances, what if we... Like, what would it look like to elevate a form to an element? Saying if you don't have a piano, Mm. you're not really worshiping. Right, right. Right. There's danger there. Yes. Yes. Because you don't have a choir. 
you know, if right. a solo wasn't sung. Right. If, uh, yeah. I mean, just just those types of things. Yeah. I guess if you didn't, mind. you know, if you didn't have the offering before the sermon. Right. Right. Yep. Or mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Then then we've we've added two right the right um, mm-hmm. things. And then, and Sorry, I kind of derailed. No, that. no, you're good. You're good. Um, circumstances would be. I think circumstances, like we talked about, uh, we worship in a building, right? There's a reason for that. It yeah, gets really right. cold here sure. in yeah. the winter. Uh, we have heat for that yeah. reason. Can you worship um, outside? Yeah, like, right. You yeah, do, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We have padded pews. Why? It's, you know, the culture we live in. Yeah, it's like a circumstance thing. It's yeah. just, it's what we do. Uh, it wasn't too long ago. Everybody stood in worship all the time. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So that's a it's a newer thing. Uh, just things like that. That just it's announcements mm-hmm. are a circumstance. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. It's everybody's together. It's like the easiest way to let everybody know something. Uh, that's that's kind of why it happens. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a that's a circumstance thing. So. The elements are directly commanded by God, but these other things he gives us freedom as to how to fulfill those things. So let me, let's talk about this. So meeting at 1030, is that an element, a form, or a circumstance of worship? Circumstance. Circumstance, right? So so could we, could we meet at eight o'clock in the morning if we wanted to? Sure. Sure. God would not care. Like, right. We used to have a, I don't think so. We used to have a service. Early morning service. Oh, really? We had at eight, I think it started at eight and then we had Sunday school. And then we had a service at 11. I think that's back when we did service at 11 yeah. still. Mm. That was at the Wadsworth. At the old building. building. Yeah. And then uh, then we had an evening, an evening service. Okay. So so time, we're, we're left at liberty. What things would go into, I mean, obviously to making that decision, we're just trying to use common sense, what's good for the people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, when we're making that decision about to have church at 1030, I feel like if your most of your membership was working like say midnights, right? Like you would have to, you know, make the meeting time yeah. different. Right. I would say for time, that. yes. For multiple services, it might change to yeah, not guess, a circumstance thing. Yeah. I yeah. think I could yeah. right. talk against that a little bit more. Right. But yeah, right. but yeah. time wise, circumstance. So is preaching. Preaching's an element. So now there's yeah. forms to preaching. Which we okay. didn't talk about. Oh, that's true. There's like topical preaching. Right. There's expository preaching. Um, I'm a firm believer that you're always going to be expository, even in your topicals, if you're right. a good preacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but we do see some different forms in preaching, or like uh, some people preach 50 minutes, some people preach 20 minutes, some people preach yeah. 30 minutes. Right. You can be a faithful preacher and. Yeah. Do any of those yeah. really? Yeah. It's more different congregations have different attention spans. Yeah, so that might be what they're used to. Mm-hmm. I don't know, would you say yeah. it's circumstance or form? I, I mean, it could, it be, could form. be. Yeah, you know, my crowd yeah. only can handle twenty minutes, or yeah, yeah. this crowd expects an right, hour. So right. As long as we're preaching the scriptures, right? Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. all that yeah. matters, yeah. right? Yeah, that's and once, that's I mean, the element. That's yeah. the element. We have to preach the Bible. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, topical. Some traditions will use the church calendar yeah. to structure their... Right. There's yeah. nothing in, in and of itself wrong with that as long as nope. we're yeah. preaching what the text says and yeah. we're, we're coming from the Bible. Um, yeah. That's fine. Would it be okay if we substituted a movie on Sunday morning instead of preaching? No. no. Why is that? <laughs> Can a movie preach? Can it preach? I guess it could. <laughs> if it was a video of someone preaching. <laughs> I guess. Um, but... Again, it's taking away, I think, what God has called us to do, which is to gather as a local body in your local place under your local, under your pastor, right? Right. To come and to 
and to preach the gospel, preach to you from God's word. And so when you start putting a, a movie in, you're taking that away, right? Uh, but I could extend this to where, you know, I'm not a big fan of piping in sermons. Right. Mm-hmm. The multi-site thing. And, yeah. Uh, and there's a reason for that. You're missing something there. Yeah. And, yeah. and the yeah. movie would would do the same way. Now, right. I, I highly doubt when you said movie, you meant like of a guy preaching for an hour. Right. You probably mean like... like the a, Gospel of John. <laughs> you, you probably mean like just some... Or like the show Chosen that we talked about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just yeah. show an episode sure, of Chosen. Sure. That's pretty good. Yeah, but that's that's not what we're called to do here, right? So that would be changing. We would actually be so changing. It's a completely different element, right? Completely, it's not even yeah. preaching anymore, right? right? Yeah. And yeah. so we're not allowed to... Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to substitute preaching for another thing, even if yeah. it, we might think it's good, yeah. right? right? God's told us yeah. preach the word, yeah. and um, that's 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 straightforward. So this is kind of a, a gray area right now because we're actually living in this. When mm-hmm. when that element has to shift because of the circumstances, uh, so we're in this active pandemic mm-hmm. and sheltered at home, to where. You know, the preaching that we're getting is not live in person as we meet. And sure. We're having to deal with yeah. ha- getting our, our, our food, right. our biblical food fed right. to us right. through a screen. Yeah. And that's, I think, different. Yeah. And I would, I, it's why I would even, I mean, just speaking for myself here, I think we would want to call those things devotions, right? Because technically, sure. it's not even yeah, technically a sermon. I would, I mean, yeah. even if it's a recorded sermon from somebody, uh, it's different. It's like, for instance, if we were just to play music recorded at a church service yeah. at oh, home, yeah. right? No, you're absolutely right. You're not there yeah. singing with the congregation. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can still edify you. It can right. be a blessing. It can be mm-hmm. strengthening your faith in some yeah. way, but it's not the same thing yeah. as hearing Tim preach the word on a Sunday morning, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, right. Okay, singing a song. We're, singing is an, an element. element. Mm-hmm. Um, announcements we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. circumstance, right? It's just yep. kind of, you know, we do it because we're all gathered together. It's convenient there. Right. Um, instruments. Form. Form. Um, I, yeah, I mean, that could be circumstance too. You could really oh, want yeah. them to be like, anybody play an instrument? <laughs> nope, okay, we're not going to have instruments. <laughs> no instruments right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's just the truth. Very true. But yeah, yeah. But it, I think it could fall in either, but probably more likely a form. Yeah. Right, because yeah. music can take different forms. Now, what would happen, okay, what if we just did nothing but instrumental music? Is that singing? No. Okay, so we've changed. So that would change the element from singing to listening to music. Right. So the the instruments, as long as they are aiding the singing, yeah, we're still it's still okay. Yeah, but the if, element is singing the word. So if the instruments yeah. take over, though, to the point to where they become an element themselves, alongside like preaching and reading yeah. the scripture, it's a tyrannical takeover of singing. Right. That's what it is. Right. So an <laughs> instrumental during offering is wrong. No. Why? Yeah. Because that's a form. I think that's a form thing. Or a circumstance, probably. Or, or, or a like, circumstance, sure. yeah. While we're taking it. Because, because yeah. there's other moments during the order or right. during worship that you are singing. Sure. And I will say that I've been blessed before by listening to somebody play the piano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know their heart when they were doing it, but just seeing a gift that God had given them yeah. and the beauty of the, of the song that they're playing. And maybe I knew the song, you know, maybe I didn't. And 
if I did know the song, you're thinking of the words. Or if you didn't know the song, just listening to the beauty of it and Mm -hmm. realizing God created. Yeah, the chords and how they react to Mm -hmm. each other. And so there is a way to worship God through that. I'm not trying to say there isn't there, right? But it's not given to us in scripture of instrumentals, but it is to sing together. Right. So would it be wrong to throw in an instrumental here? Hmm, Maybe not. Would it be wrong to get rid of singing? Yes. Yeah. And that, and what we're talking right here is there, this is, there's a, in some ways applying what we're talking about is a lot of ways an art more than a science, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. There's, there's kind of uh, gray areas and we've got to navigate these things about, um, about, you know, like exactly what we're talking about. Instrument. The key is, is that we don't get rid of singing completely, right? right Cause that yeah. could be, um, you know, that was actually, we talked about the Reformation, that was one of the recovery's of it. Yeah. It was congregational singing. Congregational it was before singing. the congregation yeah. was just sitting there, or right. maybe standing there, I should say. Yeah, I don't standing. know. Um, but yeah, they were just passive. Mm-hmm. I would say, though, when maybe we can argue over this live right here, but uh, if we had to whittle a service down, let's say we were at a persecuted country where we're hiding, you know, we're getting together at midnight and we're hiding at somebody's home or whatever it is, and we're trying to be faithful to gather together, like it says in Hebrews. Um, I would you would you ridicule them? Not ridicule. Would you tell them they are wrong because they don't sing when they get together? So I think that might shift to circumstance. Okay. If I were Pastor Scott right now, <laughs> he's not here. He's not here. <laughs> but he would say the best thing to do for them is to teach them a song with the truths of God's words so that they could take it with them. Right. But I think he would still say mm-hmm. preaching is more important. I really think I, I do. I think when we whittle it down, it would be prayer and preaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would so be the important. two that would really have to stick. You might not be able to do Lord's Supper. Yeah. Right. You might not. You might not even have it. You don't have enough money, right? Being right. I, I don't have anything to get bread and yeah. to get get this drink. Um, there's no water around. Right. I can't baptize somebody. Yeah. Here, right. Those are those are circumstantial things. But um, if we are able to gather, if we're able to get together, if there's one, if there's one things that we can do, I know that we can pray. Right. And I know that we can read God's word mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and right. Yep. And preach it. Teach it. Right. And then I guess in that sense, there's uh, even within these things, there's. There's a hierarchy, right? And it says, mm-hmm. I mean, Paul did say, right, I was not sent to baptize, but to preach. And by that, he's not saying I never baptized anybody. No. Yeah. Right? He's saying that if I had to choose, I'll choose preaching as being more vital. And those are strange circumstances. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right? It, yeah, wouldn't be, not... it wouldn't be correct for us to say, you know what? We think preaching is the most important. We're just going to preach the whole time. Right. I think that would be, that would be wrong of us yeah, to do that. Sure. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm talking yeah. about just a weird... Yeah. Situation. Yeah. No, and it's helpful to, to because talk we about find ourselves things. in a weird situation now. That's it's why helpful I just, to be high, to give a hyperbole. Yeah, yeah. Just like I don't. Yeah. You know, trying to no that that yeah that challenges us to think about. Um. um I, go ahead. I would also say as we're uh, away from me thinking through elements, forms, and circumstances, maybe we're getting here with uh, a question that I see coming in a moment about church services being alike when. If I if I were sitting in a church and thinking whatever I think, but it, all of a sudden I started to feel like I think I need to find a new church, mm. and it's based off the service. 
it would have to be because of an element thing. Hmm. It, it wouldn't sit well with me if it was a form hmm. reason I was leaving or a circumstance reason right, I was right. leaving. So the style of music or... Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, now if I'm new to town and I'm church hopping, you know, it's like, I want to see where I fit. Right. Then yeah, form, form's sure. probably going to come into play with that. Yeah. Most definitely. But if I've been at a church like a long time and somebody new came in or something like that and they were doing something and I was like, I just don't like that. But it was a form thing. I would be telling myself, you, I need to get over this. Mm circumstance thing right i need to get over this but if somebody new came in all of a sudden some of the, something within these elements is missing right right that's a valid reason right it's time for me to go right or i need to talk to them about or, it right. yeah right. yeah talk to them i need yeah. to talk to them about it yeah. see what's going on here right but that could be something that is now worthy for me to yeah yeah, to yeah. Leave. Mm-hmm. that's a great point yeah. um so does every single church service need to be the same then? Is that what we're saying? Or is there a room for variety? Yes and no. Okay. I mean, I think in in one way they do need to be the same because they need to have the same elements. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because the forms and circumstances can be different for different groups, for different congregations, I think you can say, uh, yeah, that every church mm-hmm. is going to be slightly different. Yep, and and how they worship and how they organize things. Right, yeah. right, and uh, that's I I think scripture is okay with that. Right, so we're not expecting a church in in Monroe to look the same as in Nairobi, Kenya. Correct. It shouldn't. Yeah, their right. music is going to be very different. Right, should be. right. Yeah. Now they should be singing but about still going the to be same singing. Bible. Yes, right. Yes, they mm-hmm. should be reading from the same Bible, yes. preaching about the same Lord, yep. Yep. singing about the same Lord. Yep. Um, but their melodies but the form may be, be different. different. They may yeah. not even use instruments. I don't right. know. Or yeah. different instruments. Mm-hmm. Kalimba. They may meet at different times. Mm-hmm. Some drums. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and that's okay, mm-hmm. right? As long as the yep. the elements are um, the same. Um, as we as we head to a close here, um, how does this principle? I think sometimes. Whenever we first think about this and we think, God only wants me to do the things in worship that he tells me to do. I don't get to, um, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't have, um, various different art forms. We don't have somebody come up and do a sketch and as in place of the sermon, right? We don't have that take place because we believe we're only doing what God wants us to do, even though we believe artists can glorify mm-hmm. God and we can yeah, right. bless God for that. And I think one of the things that initially happens is when we hear this, it sounds first like we're just being too restrictive to worship and we're denying mm-hmm. all of the creativity, all of the beauty in the world yeah. um, and the freedom. But how does this principle, can this principle, this this idea that we're talking about, that we only do the things that God wants us to do in worship, can this actually give us freedom? How does this free us to worship God? In ways, well, I think it frees us because it, it takes away kind of the me element in that sense, you know, of where if I gotta, I gotta come and I gotta do something creative for God today mm. again. I don't know what that is, right? And <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm feeling weighed down, and uh, man, what I'm offering just isn't anything or whatever. And uh, to me, that would be real weighty. That would be heavy. It's it's more comforting for me to know that God has given us how to worship Him. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. You know, and um, it's to sit under faithful preaching. It's to sing together. These things that we mentioned, prayer. And I know that if we come together and we're doing these things with a sincere heart, we're doing these things honestly, we're trying our best. We don't sing that good or whatever the case might be, but we're we're trying our best. Our pastor mm-hmm. stutters sometimes. Our pastor's not the best to listen to, but he's being faithful. Mm-hmm. I think that can bring us joy and that can yeah. bring us mm-hmm. uh, a hope that um, we're being faithful to God and God loves us and we're in this covenant relationship with him. And we're not... God's not limiting us in our life to these things. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just saying, in worship, this is how I want you to worship mm-hmm. me. But like the guy, like you mentioned, the artist, sketch your heart out right. all the other times. Like yeah, you, yeah. you can do that all the time and yep. do it for God's glory. But here it's just the, the purpose is, is yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, just to make it super basic, it's like we all get together to play basketball and you get that one person who brings the volleyball. <laughs> like trying to play volleyball while everyone's playing basketball. You're like, man, we, we set aside now to play basketball. We can play volleyball later. Right. But this is we're trying to play this game now. Yeah. And when we come to worship, it's like we we've came for this for this purpose. And to me, that it's good to live in that. Mm. Yeah. It is very freeing. It's very mm-hmm. comforting to know that yeah, it's acceptable good. worship. Yeah. And, and it's freeing to our consciences too, right? Yeah. Because um, I was going to say we're free from worry, knowing that God has told us right. what, what we, how he wants us mm-hmm. to worship him. We don't have to worry about whether what we're doing is going to glorify him or not. Yeah. Well, and like when we get together as a church, right, um, I'm free. I'm, we believe, right, the Lord alone is, is, God alone is Lord of the conscience, of our consciences, what yeah. we believe is right or wrong. And so whenever we're just strictly following what he tells us in Scripture— all of us, uh, maybe at least theoretically, should be. We should feel that freedom because um, we're no, we know that a new ceremony is not going to be imposed upon me mm. from outside of what my Lord God commands me through mm. Scripture. And also, uh, lastly, how does this unify God's people whenever we practice? Because I, I think one of the things that we see is we see the the quote worship wars. Maybe that was more of a thing of the past. Um, and today we see churches. <sighs> divide a lot of times based upon these forms or the styles of music or styles of preaching, um, all sorts of styles. Um, how does thinking this way, only doing what God commands us to do in Scripture, not adding to, not taking from it, how does that bring about a unity among God's people? Because, you know, it, it should knock out the consumerism mentality of, of church life. Uh, but I know another way, maybe this isn't the direction you were going, but like for me, all of a sudden I find myself in another country, maybe you know, on a mission trip or something, mm. find myself in a church service, and all of a sudden I see these elements present. Right. They're not exactly how I do them maybe, mm-hmm. not exactly what I'm used to, but they're still extremely edifying to know yeah. that, listen, these people way over here, we are one body. We oh, are right. one capital C church, mm-hmm. and here they are praying together. Here they are singing together, you know. Here they are uh, worshiping mm-hmm. the same God that I worship at home, yep. and it just unites me to them, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I've also been in those services though that I feel like something has been added, and it feels makes you feel very uncomfortable, right? Um, 
like what what is going on here? Are, mm. Do we worship the same God? Because yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I, I don't know what's going on here. And so it it really does bring that unity of these are these are what we hold to be true, right? And this is how we worship our God the way He's prescribed for us to worship Him, no matter where I'm at, right? No matter when right. I'm living. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it also changes your your uh, look view of the of the pastor, right? Because I mean, we're pastors, right? We sit around the table here, but we can't add anything either or take anything away from the scripture either. Mm-hmm. We're just simply supposed to be servants of the word. So we can't ask you as a, we can't ask anybody that we're teaching or preaching to, to do anything more than what God commands them to do. And so I think also sometimes we hear about stories and instances of, of pastoral abuse. And you wonder sometimes if that's also happening because They've been allowed to add stuff to worship services. They've mm. been allowed to add or create whatever, but that's not what our job is. We're simply supposed to to we're representatives of God. Yeah, I um, felt that when I first started, even in school, like them teaching you how to preach, the musts that you must have in your sermon. Mm. Like you need I remember them you need to have a catchy title. Mm. Like if you don't have a catchy title, no one's going to remember mm. your sermon. No one's going to remember any of it. You got to have a catchy title. I have no titles to any sermon I, I preach, and I, I have to make them up that, <laughs> to even put them out on. Yeah, something. that weighed on me, but that weighed on me growing and learning to preach because I was like, I'm not coming up with any. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, John 11, like yeah. where Jesus was that? <laughs> you know, I was like, uh, but I, I almost felt like. They were telling me you have to do this to succeed. Mm, mm. If anybody's going to listen to you, if anybody's going to remember your message, right. it needs to it needs to be twenty five minutes long. An American can't listen longer than twenty five minutes. So if you go over twenty five minutes, you might as well just stop. <laughs> like yeah. that was right. you know told. That's what was was told. And so trying to almost worship these forms, mm. uh, you know, three A's in your sermon or yeah. three P's yeah. and these types of a different thing. That at least that's with me preaching. But it, it came across as like. If you don't do this, they're going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Again, this consumer mentality of yeah. your church needs to be better than the church down the road to attract more people. Mm. And uh, that's not the purpose of the church. Right. You know, yeah. I, I just need to be faithful, and God will bring here who he, who he wants here, hopefully, and we'll be faithful to witness and evangelize and, and yeah. to grow together. And we'll let God's word do that work. Now, mm. it doesn't mean it doesn't mean you don't try to do a nice polished sermon right. or sing good songs and be well prepared and right. and do those things. I'm just we don't want to rest on on the forms, right? We don't want to rest on the circumstances, yep. which is what I'm seeing a lot today, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I mean, if you want your church to succeed, it's all circumstantial. Yep. You should have coffee mm-hmm. and you should have cookies. No, I believe the coffee. Part. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, uh, a big thing was you have a guest book. I remember, and you have a team, and during church that team goes out, and so when the guest gets home, there's cookies on their front porch with the letter from that oh, pastor. Man. Like that was the big thing wow. for a little bit. Yeah. And you need to have this if you're going to be a successful right, church. Right. And, it's all circumstance. Like that's right. all right. What? Yeah. Right. Like I'm not <laughs> sure. saying that's bad. Right. But what? Right. Like where I, as a pastor, I feel guilt. I would feel guilty. Like we're not doing that stuff. I must not really care mm. about our guests. Right. Yeah. Mm. You know. Right. Right. Yeah, it's uh, hard. I feel like I've overcome a lot of that mm. through God's grace, but I just I still see it. Right. You know, you need a good social media presence. 
uh, your sermons need to be a top 10 list, mm. top 10 ways to improve your marriage or to have mm. better kids or mm. whatever it might be. That's what needs to come out of all these sermons. And uh, that's just not true. Mm. <laughs> right. We are servants of the word, mm-hmm. yep. um, ministers yeah. of the word. And uh, my conscience is bound by scripture. Right. Yeah. I mean, we are, we are ministers in his majesty's service. And, uh, and so I think what that does though, is it frees Christians, all of, all of us to simply serve God and yep. let him, let him be the Lord of the conscience. And uh, whenever we obey scripture's commands, when we worship him, how he wants us to, um, it just sets us, um, it, it sets us free to serve him, um, as he wants us to and lets him shepherd his people. Yeah, I think it was Martin Lloyd-Jones in his book, Preaching and Preachers. He was like saying, I don't even need to do the application part of the sermon. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit's job. Mm. Right. He's like, I'm just going to preach this text. I'm going to tell everybody what it means, yeah, what God it. is saying here, and I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit is going right. to mm. give them the application in their life. And he, I remember him saying in the book how that actually cut down his time of having to counsel people because he's like, hmm. the Holy Spirit counseled them through mm. God's word right. instead of Martin Lloyd-Jones having to counsel everybody. That's good. Um, but I think that's true, right? right? Preach God's word, sing faithful songs, do these things that we know God has called us to do, and then let the Holy Spirit do his work. Right. Let him work yeah. in their life yeah. and answer questions along the way. Sure. Yeah, do that stuff sure. faithfully. But man, let, let God work in their lives, yeah. not your pizzazz, you know, yeah. not your flash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because God is present. Whenever, yes. whenever, whenever our script, whenever services are saturated with Scripture, and we're doing it faithfully. He's there, mm-hmm. and He's working through all of these things to shape us and to fashion us in His likeness. Well, good brothers, um, thank you so much for talking about this. This was a great conversation. I hope it's been a blessing to you um, as we have uh, the second episode here, thinking about worship, how we worship. Um, we're going to look forward to continuing this series, and uh, and may God bless you. Take care. See you later.